Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land, gathering place, and traveling route of the Cree, Anishinaabe, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakota Sioux. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I've been living without shoes since 2010. I alternate between using she, her, and they, them pronouns. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed barefooter Chris Johnson. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I am working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. Novels. I'm still working on editing the finale to my Red 72 series. I'm nearly a third of the way through edits. I could use a favor as I have hit a snag. My editor thinks I should include more details about what it's like for my main character to walk outside of the Manila airport. What does she see, smell, hear? I've never been there myself, and the only people I personally know who have been there are my ex-husband and his family. So if you've been there, please tell me what your first impressions on stepping outside of the Manila airport were. You can email those to Sierra the Barefoot Girl at gmail.com or message Barefooting with Sierra on Instagram. My novel Red 72 Genesis, the second book in the Red 72 series, is available for free on Kindle this week. Please remember to rate and review it after you finish reading it. In book news, former U.S. Speaker of the House John Boehner released a memoir titled On the House, a Washington Memoir. He reveals some pretty horrific things that have been going on in the Republican Party. In an interview with CBS promoting the book, he even stated that Republican Congressman Don Young held a 10-inch kitchen knife to his throat after a speech. In the memoir, he calls out Ted Cruz, talks about his respect for Nancy Pelosi, and speculates that even Ronald Reagan wouldn't get elected in today's Republican Party. On the House, a Washington memoir is currently available for pre-order and will release on April 13th. The five winners of the 86th annual Annisfield Wolf Book Awards were announced on April 5th. The winners are Victoria Chang's Obit, James McBride's Deacon King Kong, Vincent Brown's Tacky's Revolt, The Story of an Atlantic Slave War, Natasha Trethewey's Memorial Drive, and Samuel R. Delaney's Lifetime Achievement. James McBride has made history by becoming the first nonfiction award-winning author to win a fiction award with Deacon King Kong, a fiction book about his parents' Baptist church. He won his nonfiction award in 1997 for his memoir, The Color of Water. And now for comics. So last week was spring break for my kid, and he was home with me, but I still had to work. So he's playing with his toys while I'm doing Zoom conferences and phone calls for the magazine I work for, Home Office for the Win. 
And then he just starts screeching and whining for no apparent reason. His toy was broken. Or in other words, out of batteries. And the batteries were behind one of those handy dandy panels that you have to use a screwdriver to open. No worries, I have a screwdriver. It's around my apartment somewhere. It has to be. I couldn't find it anywhere though. And all this time my kid is whining and crying and I'm not getting any work done. So finally, after 30 minutes of looking for the screwdriver and trying to open the panel with a butter knife, I gave in and texted the human that inspired Robbie Raccoon character in my comics to ask if I could borrow a screwdriver. He was happy to help. It took me just a few seconds to open the access panel, replace the batteries, take his screwdriver back to him. I was immensely grateful. He insisted it's no big deal. He's just the kind of person who helps people that need it. And so that's the incident that inspired my latest Patreon exclusive comic. Oh, and Robbie is a ninja because his human inspiration wanted that. You can check that out at patreon.com slash possumpete. In comics news, an extremely rare copy of Action Comics number no. 1, which introduced Superman in 1938 and originally sold for 10 cents, sold in auction on April 7th for $3.25 million to a buyer whose name was not disclosed. But the auction house, Comic Connect, told KITV that the buyer was relatively new to comic investing. The previous owner of the book purchased it in 2018 for $2 million. <laughs> Avengers Campus, a new land in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, is scheduled to open on June 4th. This new area will feature rides, restaurants, and decor, all themed around the Marvel comics. The premier attraction is Web Slingers, a 3D Superman ride. One of the restaurants is the Pim Test Kitchen, which will have plant-based impossible meatballs and food at, quote, inventive scales. Hank Pym is the inventor of the Ant-Man suit in the comics, which allows the wearer to shrink or grow. So I'm guessing some of them are going to be like huge platters to share, and some of them are going to be like itty bitty little bite-sized things. Some of the locations inside the new Avengers campus for guests to explore will include the Avengers headquarters. Disneyland and California Adventure theme parks have been closed for over a year due to the coronavirus pandemic and are scheduled to reopen on April 30th. Josh DeMauro, chairman of Disney Parks, told CNN Business that, quote, Avengers Campus, like Disneyland itself, will always be updating and never be done. All right, next up is journalism. I had a chance to work on my J.J. and Tylee Vallow book this week. Every time I read another document about that case, I learn something new and shocking making the connections and trying to figure out exactly how these kids ended up in the situation they did is like trying to put together one of those mystery jigsaw puzzles where you don't know what it's supposed to look like in the end. In current events this week, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms issued an executive order to mitigate the impact of the state's new Election Integrity Act of 2021. This act imposes strict ID requirements not only for in-person voting but also for absentee voting while also making it a criminal offense to offer food or water to someone standing in line waiting to vote. While a city cannot override state laws, the order focuses on voter education and staff training. The idea is to inform everyone of the new laws and get as many people as possible the necessary identification for voting. Bottoms emphasized that voting restrictions in the law will, quote, disproportionately impact Atlanta residents, particularly in communities of color and other minority groups. Tyler Perry has been operating his studio under a quarantine bubble method, 
where cast and crew are sequestered on the film lot during production. Following a mass vaccination event at the studio on April 3rd, Perry has ended the quarantine bubble. Perry contracted Grady Hospital and paid all costs associated for everyone on his staff and their families to have an opportunity to receive the COVID vaccine if they had not done so already. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. It has been a wonderful week of barefooting for me. I even got my COVID shot barefoot. And now for my interview with barefooter Chris Johnson. So hi, Chris. Thanks so much for joining me. It's great to have you on the show. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Well, Sierra, where I'm from, it's hard to say. I'm from all over the place, but uh, I guess I was born in Washington State, and I've lived all over the West. I currently live in Grinnell, Iowa, a town of about 9,000 people. There's a college here, and uh, we like to say we're conveniently located between New York City and Los Angeles. So kind of everywhere and nowhere? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. So mostly in the West. I like it in the West because, you know, you've got lots of uh, opportunities in the West, uh, like mountains, deserts, uh, oceans, uh, places like that. You don't, get, you don't see so much of that in the Midwest. Um, so I do, miss, I do miss the West West. Now, you are in the mountain zone. So where, where are you? Uh, so I currently live in Edmonton, but I, a few years ago, was living like right in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Southern Alberta. And I do miss That's that. Right. I love those mountains. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. You're a Canada girl. I lived in Colorado and Wyoming, so I know all about the Rocky Mountains. And I have been to Alberta. Boy, you've got some beautiful Rocky Mountains up there. Not so great for walking around in barefoot, though, because there's a reason they call them the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, there's a lot of sharp granite up, like, actually in the mountains. It's, I don't know, like, there are some, like, slate fields as well. I don't spend much time actually in the mountains. I've done some barefoot hikes in a few of the national parks, but... I live like three hours from the nearest national park with mountains. Like there, there is a national park just like outside of Edmonton, but it's, it's a swampy national park with bison and a bunch of trees. Yeah. I find mountains are better to be on the ground looking up at than they are to climb up into. It's a lot of work to climb up into a mountain and it tends to be dangerous. You could fall off the mountain and, there is lightning up there. One time I was up on top of a mountain and there was a lightning storm below me. That was kind of a good sign that it was time to get off the mountain. <laughs> so a couple of great, nice national parks, or at least American. I don't know about Canadian. I don't have as much experience up there. But the two American national parks I've walked around in barefoot are uh, Redwoods National Park in Northern California and the Olympic National Park in uh, Western Washington State because they uh, they get a lot of forest duff. So the trails are kind of soft and spongy and they're wet. So there's some gooey parts and muddy, squishy moss and all kinds of fun stuff to walk through there. So I recommend those. Yellowstone was pretty great too. I went to Yellowstone. I think it was about maybe summer of 2019, maybe fall. I don't remember exactly. It's the summer before the world went crazy. <laughs> Yellowstone is a, is a nice place, except that too many people know it's a nice place. So it's, the crowds are nuts. 
uh, Yosemite is another one for crowds. Uh, what I found with Yellowstone and and uh, at least with Olympic National Park, at least once I got away from the main place, I was all by myself amidst some very tall trees. Uh, it was very humbling and actually kind of creepy. Because when you're in the middle of a forest and the trees are 300 feet tall, you feel like a little bug. Yeah, um, I've never been to those ones, but I've yeah, I've been to Yosemite when I was a kid, and they do have those big, tall redwoods, and they're ginormous. And we went to some of the less populated places, and it's deep in the forest. There's nobody, and you're just nature, and it's it's very humbling. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah, we've been talking about barefooting in in these national parks. How did you get started with barefooting? Well, I'd say probably when I was born. <laughs> I mean, everybody says, when did you get started? It's like taking up the violin or something. Well, you know, I mean, as a kid, and I'm, uh, I was a kid in the 50s. I'm a little older than I look. And uh, in the 50s, it was pretty much normal. I grew up uh, as at that age, I was still in Seattle, Washington. And uh, we couldn't wait till it got warm enough in the spring and it was time to get rid of the shoes and run around in the grass. So I just never really thought about wearing shoes. It just seemed kind of like a dull and boring thing to do for a, a period in adolescence. I got a little foot shy, I guess. But then when I became a full-fledged teenager, I thought, you know, I don't like wearing shoes. So I just pretty much have never been a shoe-wearing type person. Kind of like you, I understand. Yeah, I definitely. I very much from childhood did not like shoes. Um, my family likes to joke that my grandma thought I had some sort of mental defect because I didn't learn how to tie shoes until I was a teenager. Uh, it's because I wasn't wearing them. <laughs> like you don't yeah. learn to tie them if you don't have them on your feet. <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> I was uh, fortunate that I, I grew up with a family that was uh tolerant uh in fact uh pretty much all followed that not so much my dad but my mom she you couldn't keep shoes and her my sisters they would have blackfoot competitions you know what i'm talking about so yeah i, I understand some people have parents who are intolerant put your shoes on you'll get hurt which i disagree with and i imagine i'm preaching to the choir here the best way to hurt your feet is by putting shoes on because so many of them are so damaging to your feet in so many ways, but let's, let's not go down that path right now, but uh, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing for your feet is to not put anything on them really. Yeah, I did. I mean, obviously there's conditions. If it's uh, zero, you live in the North, so you know what it's like in the winter time, it's zero degrees or or rocky mountains yeah there are times when you need some protection for your feet but otherwise no yeah so my my mom um farm kid grew up not wearing shoes a lot of the time she didn't really care about me running around with no shoes on for most of my childhood i i spent a lot of time kind of all over the place um i live in canada now but my first five years of life i was in utah then we moved to california and then back to utah for a year and so when um when I was 10 almost 11 we were about to move to Florida my mom said to me you know in Florida there's like hookworms and there's snakes and stuff you're going to have to start wearing shoes. And I just looked at her like yeah right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. Florida <laughs> shoes. Seriously? 
I, I did. I did get glass stuck in my foot one time walking back barefoot from the pool and we had to go see, we didn't go to an actual doctor. I, I babysat for a guy who was doing a medical residency and we just went over to his house and he put some lidocaine in my foot and got the glass out. Like whatever, no big deal. But like, yeah, that's my only like major foot injury ever from mm. being barefoot. Yeah. You see? <laughs> Utah, you mentioned Utah. That's one of my favorite states because it's so, so much sandstone, which is very fun to walk on. Uh, Arches National Park, places like that. You walk around and it's like just paradise. Yeah, I love Arches. Very nice. Yeah, very cool place. Very cool place. For sure, yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to get started transitioning from the shod life into the barefoot life? Well, uh, I, I think the... There again, it's not like taking up the violin or, or well, I guess I do have some advice. It, it, it's similar to like, if you're going to start running or lifting weights, you're not going to run a marathon your first time. You're not going to bench press 200 pounds your first time. So the first thing to do, uh, walk around your house, walk around outside your house in the yard. If you have one, if you don't have a yard, if you live in an apartment, go to a nearby park. I just was out at our nearby park here. Go out to the park. Go, if you have a beach, go to the beach where it's normal and people aren't going to stare at you. Don't don't try to surmount the, the, the heights all at once. Don't try to go out there and, and walk 10 miles on city streets all at once. I can't walk 10 miles on city streets. That's just too much asphalt at once. Uh, so just take it slow and easy. Um, don't go into the shoe cop stores where they're going to bust your you know, be, be, uh, <laughs> give you all kinds of grief about it. And, you know, I don't, I pick my battles. I don't fight that stuff. Some stores I know I can go into other stores. I know I might get hassled. So I put on a pair of Crocs or flip flops. Okay. Are you happy now? What's the diff Biff? Uh, it's just not <laughs> worth the hassle. Yeah, so my advice is you want to take your shoes off, go barefoot, then do it, but take it slow and easy. Like I say, around your house, around your yard. And, uh, don't worry what people are going to think or say, because most of them don't think or say anything. That's the big one. Yeah. A lot of people don't think or say anything. That's the biggest barrier that I had to get over when I started going barefoot into stores, because my whole life, my mom's always like, okay, you like, you have to put shoes on when we get to the store, like whatever. I'd had no shoes on the whole day. We're going into the store now. Okay. You have to put shoes on to go in the store. Like, I'm a kid. I listen to my mom, right? Oh, okay. She might argue about that point, but for things like that, I would put shoes on, <laughs> especially when we're like road tripping yeah. through Nevada in, in December and it's snowing outside. We we're going to the store. Now you need to put shoes on like, Oh, I'm going to have to dig through the car and find them. I don't know where they are. It's like, seriously, Sierra. <laughs> I think one time we actually made it like three miles from the house. And I was just like, wait, I forgot to bring shoes. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the big thing and, a lot of people ask me is as how do you overcome that fear of of people saying something in stores like how do you how did you get over that me well I, I, it's like anything um, um uh, like anything um it, it just just if you do it you just do it you just gotta say it's like jumping off the high dive you know it's like okay i'm gonna do it to just here we go and after you've jumped off the high dive 10 times, you're no longer afraid of it. You just, you just do it. Another comment I'll make here about stores. First of all, there's, 
no laws against it. There's no health codes against it. Those are myths. If somebody tries to tell you that, they're wrong. Um, I guess my second thing would be don't be confrontational. uh, And one thing I'd like to do is flip it back on the the person. If somebody in a store says, oh, you can't be in here with a – uh, you can't be in here without shoes. I flip it back like, oh, they're concerned for my safety. I'll say, oh, don't worry. I'll be okay. And it usually throws them for a loop. Well, no, no, it's against the law. No, it isn't. And then just walk on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So to get over that, to get over the fear, you just, again, don't just put your mind on something else. Don't look down at your feet. Don't look like, oh, I hope they don't see me. Just walk normal. Look out where you're going to be going to buy your product or whatever it is. Just act like everything's normal. Yeah. The only place I really still have issues is there is a one large corporate store whose owner originally came from Alabama who might, uh, anyway, I won't name them, but everybody who knows, knows. Um, <laughs> they, they're the manager of that. The one closest to me really doesn't like people not having shoes on in her store and makes a stink about it anytime she sees me, but it's not against their corporate policy. And I like, anytime someone confronts me about it in the store, I'm like, it's not against your store policy. It's not against health code. It's not against the law. And during COVID, I'm wearing a mask. This is a law. If it was actually a safety issue, they'd make a law about it. Yep. And the one that the one that cracks me up is about uh, oh, it's it's unhygienic. It's health code. No, wrong. These, and I guess this is audio, so you can't see him holding up my hand. This is much more full of germs than this. My foot. Yeah. Because this I'm doing, oops, well, I just rubbed my nose. Oh, I just scratched my head. Oh, I just scratched something down there. We won't talk about what that is. Oh, I just touched stuff like uh, the doorknob that everybody has touched. But there's no rule about you have to wear gloves in the stores. Yeah, exactly. And shoes are disgusting. How many people wash their shoes ever? I wash my feet every day in the shower. Thank you very much. They're clean. You might have stepped mm-hmm. in dog poop. For all I know, dog poop, gas, oil, all kinds of stuff. People like you and me, Sierra, kind of watch where we step so we don't step in dog poop, gas, or oil. And if we do, we know it right away and clean it off. Or if they like work in a hospital, like they could have MRSA on their shoes. Like, who knows what's on people's shoes? I wash my feet. Do you wash your shoes? No, you do not. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. There's a lot of myths out there, but what are you going to do? <laughs> well, you know, and again, I, it's just not worth fighting it. Um, oh, I, I, was, I used to go into my uh, fitness center, Barefoot, and uh, one of the attendants there gave me a hard time. So, who oh, you have to? It's a rule. You have to wear shoes in here. And I looked at her like, really? So, so I decided to take this approach. Well, gee, I didn't know that. Uh, can you give me a list of all your rules and policies? I would sure hate to violate any other rules or policies. And she, so she <laughs> went and looked and she couldn't find one. She says, well, I'll look for that. Next time you come in, I'll give it to you. And I kind of forgot all about it. That's and awesome. I didn't go back for a while. And it was like two, two or three weeks later, I go in there and I dutifully wore my, some stupid footwear. And she saw me and says, oh, here it is. I found it. And she actually highlighted, it says right on there, dress code. Patrons will wear proper, 
we will properly proper attire and will not wear blue jeans and must wear shoes. No bare feet allowed. It actually said that. It was an actual policy, which is stupid. There's I mean, a very if it's famous their policy, If it's their policy, I follow it or just don't go there. Which, like, well, they're allowed uh, to have policies and I'm allowed to not go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't need my money. I, I, well, I go there because it's through a program... I get because of my age called silver sneakers. Okay. And so I, it's the only place in my little town that I can go with silver sneakers. It's free. I don't have to pay. Gotcha. The silver sneakers program pays. So I just bite the bullet or I go when they don't have attendance because it's a 24 seven place. There you go. Um, On the way around. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and as far as the no shoes, that's stupid. There's a very famous bodybuilder who became a very famous a uh, movie star who is also a very famous former governor of California. His name is Arnold Schwarzenegger, who famously always trained in his bare feet. If you look at pictures of him when he was young and still a training bodybuilder, he never wore shoes. Hey, it's Arnold. Uh, I can't even say his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But nobody's yeah. going to give Arnold. Nobody's going to tell Arnold that he's got to put shoes on. Well, no, of course not. He's famous. <laughs> he might squish you. Well, he's also very large and muscular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get there. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> Jane Fonda is another one. Well, yeah. Jane Fonda is another one. She did all those fitness videos, and she never wore shoes in those things. Yeah, I've Stupid. heard so much research about how it's better for your balance and for muscle tone to train barefoot, but... Totally, totally, totally. Athletes I guess they're afraid you're going to drop a barbell so. on your foot. Well, guess what? Well, that's not going to do anything. Wearing... Yeah, shoe's not going to do anything against a barbell. You're still going to either have a very bad bruise or lose a toe. <laughs> it has been great chatting with you. And thank you again so much for coming on the show and talking about being barefoot. My pleasure, Sierra. Keep them bare. Keep them bare. Take care, Chris. That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with an interview with novelist and playwright Louis Greenstein. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at World of Possums and Patreon.com slash Possum Pete. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.